Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, fellow conductors of the Metaphysical Examination, and welcome to the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad Podcast for the week of March 25th, 2019. Last one for March. Going to make it a fun one. We're going to be talking about a small detail in Ghostbusters that we had never seen until now. Uh, and it's one of those things that has repercussions throughout the entirety of the movie. It's very fun. We'll also be talking about the latest news. We've got some uh, J.K. Simmons talk. Uh, stay tuned. Going to be a fun one. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! Vaguely Ghostbusters related and yeah. our favorite topic of stranger things but it's not it's not really worth well let's uh, yeah i mean let's let's start there did you i i finally just got to i feel like today was um well the funny so today was like the busiest day i've had at work in a really really long time and it also happened to be the day that like every trailer happened to come out on the same day so it was like uh, once upon a time in hollywood and stranger things season three and bill and ted three was announced uh, officially and uh and i caught up on it like tomorrow yeah yeah, i mean literally 20 minutes before you and i started recording i caught up on everything um (laughs) but uh yeah i don't i mean the stranger things like I, I I feel so old. I feel like the kids have grown up before our very eyes, uh, and and they even mention in the trailer like we're not kids anymore. I'm like, no, you yeah. aren't. And this is depressing. What happened? <laughs> well, the funny part is that the whole obvious premise of season three is growing up, growing apart, yeah. uh, which is you know that makes sense. Yeah. It's been three years, right? And they're heading into junior high or high school and all that sort right. of thing. Right. Further in high school. Yeah, your elementary when, friends, uh, you, you start to leave behind, sadly. Yeah. What is funny is that the symbolism of of holding on to your childhood is Ghostbusters. <laughs> and I'm really wrestling with that uh, one today. Guilty. <laughs> that was guilty my response. Like, watching the trailer, and, and I think uh, Mike's line is something to the effect of, like, we're not kids anymore. What did you expect? We're going to sit in my basement and play games all day? And my reaction was like, yeah, that sounds great. I, I want to do that. <laughs> let's, let's hang out. Play D&D I did that and... as much as I could until I was like 24. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's uh, just calm down. Whoa, I, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. I, I feel like that's there's that everything is fine with that. That seems perfectly acceptable. <laughs> Saturday from 10 till 6. Basement. Yeah. There's room enough for both. Is all I'm saying. You know what I mean. And that's that's when the kids are like the our, our our real kids are like, Dad, are you okay? Like you've just been sitting in the basement for eight hours today. Are you are you fine? Don't worry. Shh. Everything's okay. Uh, uh, Star Fox all day. <laughs> I wanna play Star Fox all day. 
and party every night. There's room for both. Is really yeah. what it comes down. Yeah, to, exactly. So. But uh, well, I mean, so Stranger <laughs> Things. Why? God, why are you guys talking about Stranger Things at the top of the podcast? I feel like Stranger Things, especially after last season. Uh, yes. Stranger Things, Ghostbusters are simpatico. We can talk about the two of them uh, together. Together, uh, and actually, given that we know that uh, uh, Finn Wolfhart, yeah, Wolf- Finn Wolfhart, Reinhardt, uh, Reinhardt. Will- Finn Von. You're gonna have to make another meme of uh, you finding people like Rip Torn, <laughs> Rip Taylor. Uh. Oh God, that's that. If you've ever wanted to see somebody's brain deteriorating, <laughs> tune into last week's episode because. <laughs> Literally, I said, picture, I pit like face in head of Treat Williams, and my brain went, I don't know, here. I'm like, this is Rip Taylor. This is, he's wig, he's got a wig, he's throwing confetti. This is not Treat Williams. And anyway, I, uh, give me a second, turn around. Here, this is Rip Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> well, then the best part was I, because you can listen to me, and, and I'm like, you mean Rip Torn? Because I'm thinking of a yeah, totally Rip Torn, exactly. different movie. Rip- I'm thinking uh, of like RoboCop 2 or something. Oh boy. No, Uh, no, no. no. But anyway, so yeah, so Stranger Things uh, Season 3 trailer is out, uh, obviously, the uh, July. Hey, well, let me me scrabble back a little bit of my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun making fun of my brain there for a second, but my point was is that in this trailer, uh, Finn's tall. (laughs) I mean, they all started, what, five years ago doing this thing, and they've all been steadily growing, as kids do. So. Like when they announced Finn was going to be potentially, well, seemingly in Ghostbusters, you know, twenty twenty. Kind of, he's still in my head. Uh, you know, that's a persistent Finn image of yeah. him from the first couple of seasons. But yeah, kids hit like you know whatever. How how old is he now? I don't know, fourteen, fifteen, thirteen, fourteen, probably. But yeah, yeah, they hit that point, and all of a sudden, you know, they just shoot right up. Like so, he's you know he's is a, he he's six, a tall I kid f- now. Did he hit sixteen? I feel like at some point I saw that he was driving or something. Yeah. But, uh, but see, yeah, the, that's he's, the he's funny part. Yeah, he's, he's a teenager now. I mean, that's yeah. what the whole the whole uh, the so whole trailer like, is oh, about it's, for it's, Stranger Things. So, oh, yeah. kids playing Ghostbusters. It's like, yeah, not really kids, you know, in the sense that you're being all derogatory about. Like these, they're teenagers. It's yeah. like so. Anyways, I'm looking forward to it. More and, monsters and picture because didn't Stranger Things season three wrapped uh, several months ago? So already. Mm-hmm. Uh, as yeah. as teenagers are uh, suspect of doing, they, he, he's grown and he's gotten even older. Finn's, so he's probably got his driver's license. Uh, he'll have a beard. He'll have a mustache. <laughs> he's gonna have like a you know junior junior high high school mustache going on. But no, no, full Ron Burgundy. Just <laughs> uh, and, and that's where Jason Reitman is like, I wanted you to play a kid. I, are you married to the Ron Burgundy mustache? Or, anyway. <laughs> But uh, so yeah, so so check out the the Stranger Things season three uh, trailer because and the Ghostbusters, you know, we all uh, honed in on. Of course, he does. Uh, at one point, I think Mike is holding up. It, it it seems like it's Mike is holding up a photo of the group in their Ghostbusters costumes from last season. And yeah. uh, in Dustin's room, you see the uh, certificate from. Well, that, that was from season two, right? That's that's what everybody has. I'm one hundred ninety nine percent sure. That I don't. That I have no two. reason to to disbelieve people that say they saw it. It's just I didn't, and a lot of people. It's been very popular when the trailer came out to to point that out. So yeah. I think a lot of people missed it in season two. To be honest, well, and I think. I mean, how many times did we watch season two of Stranger Things? How many times have we watched uh, the original Ghostbusters and not noticed something that we'll be talking about a little later in the show here? Um, That's right. I I do like that the certificate was of anti-paranormal proficiency. (laughs) 
I was like, just when you thought you couldn't get any worse mouthfuls, paranormal, exter- paranormal eliminator, exterminators and eliminators. Oh, jeez, just anyways. Professional paranormal, paranormal elimination. Y- y- yeah, investigators and eliminators. And eliminations. Just, the franchise rights alone will make a switch. And, so, <laughs> and Ray said, "Hold my Miller beer." Yeah. Uh, anti-paranormal uh, proficiency. Yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, but yeah, that one that one's just a nice little thing. As you you so deftly hinted, oh, there's some interesting stuff. I love I love when more stuff comes up with this movie because we just we talk we've been talking about it for five years now, yeah. and that was after fifteen plus years of you know running fan sites and all that. That this movie still shovels up stuff that I'm like, oh my god, you're right. Yeah, awesome. and, and and we've we've made a point several times to sit and dissect this film for our own commentaries, uh, yeah. and and this is something that I didn't notice. So stay stay tuned. Oh. That's going to be a fun conversation, and and I thank the person on Twitter that uh, that clued us into it. But um, well, and and before we get into the news, well, I guess this is kind of a news item. Yeah, uh, let's do it. Let's sure. we'll switch. Let's switch into the news. Here we go with news. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now we'll hear your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this. Alright, so we're officially in the news. Now, now we can talk about this. Uh, Extreme Ghostbusters has popped up on CTV. Uh, and Yeah, online. Online. Uh, well, and it used to be on Netflix Canada too as well, or no? Am I making that no. up? No. Okay. It's on Amazon Prime, as I understand it. Has it? Okay. I haven't. I haven't checked lately to make sure it's still on the Canadian one. What's interesting about this is, is it? It's. It may be geolocked just to Canada, because a couple of people have pointed out they can't seem to watch the videos. I would think, uh, yeah, if it's CTV, that would make sense. Because when I try to watch yeah. like CBC programming, like I can't watch uh, Shit's Creek uh, through the CBC website. Yeah. I can't watch. I can't watch clips on TSN. Uh, of hockey games, which I'm like, really? I'm geo-locked out of watching highlights of hockey games on TSN? Well, okay. that's, that's the NHL for you. Yeah. But, uh, CTV, City Television, um, you know, uh, Toronto, Toronto. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, Toronto said, you know, this uh, uh, government-funded uh, uh, television uh Station could use a run for its money, and they set up their own thing. Anyway, so it's it's, but it's it's national. Ctv.ca, and yeah, it just out of the blue, somebody pointed out. It's like yeah, they have the entire run of Extreme Ghostbusters there on the website that you can go watch. Now, and, I, have you looked at them yet? Have you been able to check yes. it out? Are yes. they that that like 720p like yes. HD? Oh, they they still got a little uh, a little blockage. A little pixely going oh, on. Oh, but still. I mean, I uh, I was lucky But enough. it's very consistent. It's very consistent. I am actually sitting here going, I'm tempted to to screen, screen, screen record. Uh, <laughs> screen record. I don't, all of them. Yeah, I was going to say, <clears throat> as, as a member of the entertainment industry, I do not condone uh, screen grabbing. However, that said, it's the same as when you recorded it off of TV in some instances. And that's actually yeah. what somebody did for me. They were like, oh my goodness, you've got to see these uh, these HD transfers of Extreme Ghostbusters. And they sent them to me. I think it was when it, uh, yeah. Netflix UK, uh, I want to say, because it was one of our UK friends who sent them to me. But yeah. they're gorgeous. I mean, it's, it's like a whole different experience seeing the animation not on my crappy VHS transfer. Uh, I will need, I will need to compare and contrast. It's listing it as 720p and it's got, 
it doesn't have any, uh, <laughs> in video game terms, there's no anti-aliasing going on. So lines, strong lines, you tend yeah. to see like uh, jaggies going on and all that. But that makes sense with the 720 because a lot of DVD 720 stuff, they were like, here it is as crisp as we can make it and your television screen is going to soften yeah. it up. Well, and it's so, it's compressed for streaming too a little bit probably. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah. All that sort of, but, uh, um, but still, it's uh, a nice surprise. It gives me hope still that there's going to be at least a digital release of that series, that we can actually buy it on iTunes. I mean, sure, a DVD a set or a Blu-ray set would be wonderful, but at this point at physical media is... It's it's sad to say I'm I want everything on Blu-ray. I've been waiting on Into the Spider Verse because I want it on a 4K UHD, but yeah, um, it's uh, sadly going by the wayside. So well, two 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 things to this point. One, I've been holding it for the Into the Spider Verse Steelbook. Uh, two copies showed up on Amazon at eighty dollars a piece. Whoa. I don't I don't think that's a regular retailer. So no, uh, I'm gonna hold my breath a little bit longer for it to come out. But two, you're right. Like something that's been bugging me. Like I've been collecting uh, Scooby-Doo, if my other vice is, if your other vice is uh, uh, Back to the Future, yeah. let's just say. Which it is. Because it is, yeah. let's be honest. Mine is Scooby-Doo. Uh, I don't collect a lot of collectibles, but I collect all the Scooby-Doo yeah. stuff, right? Laugh Olympics, everything I can get my hands on. And they got to Mystery Incorporated uh, and some of the movies, more recent movies, they just stopped. They're like, nope. It's kids watch most of these, and it's streaming or on, you know, iTunes or whatever. It's nearly impossible to get complete series runs of Mystery Incorporated or Be Cool, which I really liked, like that last series of Be Cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm like you. I'm worried. I'm like, yeah, Extreme Ghostbusters is like the redheaded stepchild of Ghostbusters cartoons in an era where nobody's putting stuff on physical yeah. media anymore. But at the same time, we are a fandom, so there it could be argued that, you know, like Sco Scooby-Doo doesn't really have a fandom. It's just this perennial kids thing, so they might not bother. But if you have a fan, an, an actual fandom that's like, please to give Extreme Ghostbusters on a Blu-ray, please, you might get at least uh, one out the door. Or even just like a print on demand. I mean, I know we've mentioned it in the show before, but, you know, like the Warner Archives do and... And Amazon at this point now, they've started doing the print-on-demand uh, stuff where you, you buy it and you don't necessarily get it overnight. You have to wait, whatever it is, one to two weeks because if they don't have stock of it, they print you a copy and they send it to you. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, maybe. Uh, just just something. Or, or package it in. I mean, what they ended up doing, speaking of Back to the Future, my other love, uh, the Back to the Future animated series, which, uh, love it or hate it, a lot of people wanted to rewatch it and you could never find those episodes anywhere. And so they... Yeah. They packaged it in with a box set release of uh, of the trilogy one more time. So you know maybe that's another option down the road. Is maybe not necessarily yeah. for this upcoming thirty fifth anniversary, but hey, for the fortieth anniversary, here's the entire run of Extreme Ghostbusters as a bonus disc. Uh, well, you that know extra what? Incentive. Let's make that a little podcast bet because I think you and I have talked about this before. There has to be a point somewhere along the way here where they try to put together some sort of. Super set, do you know what I mean? Yeah, the like, definitive set, yeah. Like, uh, you know, a, 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 I don't know, a proton, uh, not a proton, but a, uh, uh, you know, a trap box that holds, you know, uh, a Blu-ray of the last best Blu-ray of the first movie, last best Blu-ray of the second movie, 
you know, last best Blu-ray of Answer the Call. Uh, in five years' time, it'll have 2020. And then they'll put the two cartoon series on there. Yeah. And you will drop $250 and you'll run away giggling like a maniac because – Frankly, that's all we wanted. It, I don't know. And a statue of Slimer. They always seem to throw a statue of Slimer. <laughs> or, or Stay Or puffed, Stay yeah. Puffed. Yeah. And, uh, and you you throw their, your money at them. And away you go. And that'd be fine. That's, I mean, nothing. <laughs> I guess some part of me would have to, it'd have to be a real pretty box and a real great Stay Puffed <laughs> figure. Because I don't know if I'd necessarily pay $250 <laughs> for an Extreme like, Ghostbusters. I'll but buy it again. I've, I'll I've buy purchased it again. every version of the set uh, that's come out. So. Um, Oh, I don't know. Like maybe a, a cardboard ecto, and the uh, the pro the proton pack uh, <laughs> uh, rack on the back pulls out instead of proton packs. It's just a bunch of uh, Blu-rays leaned up inside. Oh, good. That'd okay, I thought you were going somewhere else with that. I thought you were like, it's a cardboard ecto, but but that's just the placeholder for it until they tell <laughs> you what it's really going to be. No. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, or by, given that Funko will be uh, running the world by then, uh, just make a box with, uh, you know, some sort of special edition Funko on one end and yeah. with the with the the plastic display window, and then it extends further down and holds all the all the the media. Yeah, I'd, that's a I'd good point. That. Do it. Do, do it like the. I mean, we're, we last week talked about pre-ordering Funko cereal because of the box. Uh, so you know what <laughs> Funko. You can offset it because Funko will, uh, uh, you know, uh, press and manufacture the box and the figure. And all you have to do is hand over copies of everything except for Extreme Ghostbusters where you have to put in a little bit of extra work to, you know, put together some sort of edition of it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just repackaging the, the, the old discs and we will buy it because we are fools. Happy well, fools. I mean, uh, and once Ghostbusters, once Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters 2020 uh, comes out here – there will inevitably be a special edition release of that down the road at some point, I'm sure. Uh, or right. like you're saying, it will be packaged in with this big box set. So, um, uh, or maybe um, maybe a steel book of just like one steel book of real Ghostbusters and another steel book of uh, extreme Ghostbusters, and then as you say, a steel book for Ghostbusters 2020, and then at that point. That they go really nicely with the uh, the other three steel books. Yeah, the the uh, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on his name. He's a wonderful artist. The guy that did the Best Buy exclusives. Yeah. Oh Those shoot! Were... Don't kill me. Drew, uh, Dan Drew. Drew was a Drew. Drew. Drew something. Drew Steelcase. Drew Steelcase. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I even I I love his art. Uh, I feel oh, terrible. Drew Drew Steelbook is an amazing Drew Steelbook is hero a... name. <laughs> That's that's an that's an Indiana Jones name if I've ever heard it. It's like Indiana Jones's number one competitor is uh, anthropologist. He's an action archaeologist, and his number one nemesis is uh, action anthropologist Drew, Drew Steelbook. Oh man, Let's, uh, we gotta write this. Bella get us Dan Shoning on the book. Strike back. Get us, uh, get us, get us uh, Dan, uh, Dan Shoning on the uh, phone. We have we got an idea for you guys. We got you, buddy. Um, well, let's say hey, there's one other, uh, kind of merch, uh, thing here to talk about. Um, the, the tops, uh, talking about reproductions and steelbooks and art. And I, I kind of wanted to, to bring this up before we, uh, delve into other topics here, but, uh, tops is selling these reproductions of their wax wrappers. I know it, it, what, what is this, Chris? I haven't seen much poster. about this. 
It's a poster. It's a poster. Um, but it's a uh, mini Paul, poster. It's like a 10 by 14 10 by 14. or 11 yeah, by 13 Paul, thing. Yeah. Paul at uh, Spook Central stumbled upon this, and I love it. Uh, and essentially what it is is they take the art of wax wrappers of the car- old card sets, the wax package that used to go around it, uh, and they reproduce it as a 10 by 14 poster with a little bit of uh, a little bit extra space, uh, white space at the bottom where they put in some like – movie credit stuff so it's kind of like a movie poster that's interesting but it's done using the wax wrapper like it's really it's twenty dollars and ten and i'm I'm looking at it going i don't need another poster i kind of need that poster well but that's that's a cool i I mean again you know you and i have talked it at great lengths how we love the the ghostbusters 2 tops uh, series and um just having that sort of is it like a four color like thermal print or whatever it is that they made those wax oh, prints out yeah, of. Or like, less. It was, yeah. it was spot. Technically it was spot colors. What oh, was those it? Spot? things were. Cause it was it always just be, like blue, yellow and a third color, I guess. Uh, yeah. The, at best, the, red. some of them at best had a, uh, the CMYK. CMYK. And they yeah. would attempt a, approximates of, but of course the resolution wasn't that great. So it was like doing, uh, it was like printing four color comics way back when, right? Like you could kind of, with moray patterns and dot patterns and all that and overlays you could kind of get but most of them weren't that fancy most of them were like here is the black uh you know line art uh subject and then we spot color it in right like uh you know here's here's uh here's Darth Vader in in you know spot black and then we throw a little cyan and blue on his uh on his uh, lightsaber and put a yellow background behind him. Done. Like it was, they were not that fancy, but they, they were kind of iconic for that too. Right. Like it's just, I think the fanciest one I ever saw was Tron. They had multiple colors going in that and a lot of design. And even then it was, wasn't like they were doing, uh, attempting, you know, four color, full color, anything like that. Um, but anyways, yeah, $20 us, uh, it's being sold through tops has like their kind of collector's website thing. Uh, 10 by 14 and, uh, uh, my wall is screaming for it. I mean, it needs, it needs, I need it just because I want to put it next to all the other Ghostbusters 2 top stuff that I've yeah. collected, like the sales sheets and all that. So I don't know about you, but I'm getting it. It's, I think. yeah. Sure. And that's, that's such a cool, I mean, it's, it's something again, if you collected those, uh, those cards, it's, it's very iconic to you too. So, uh, mm. a, a, a good, a good nostalgic reminder of when we were kids and played in the basement games all day. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, let's keep the, the merch train rolling, uh, into, uh, this, this IDW, you know, the men in black Ghostbusters crossover game. We haven't had a whole lot of information, uh, on that recently. And, and that's something that I've been anxiously awaiting to get some more uh, details on. And, uh, one of the artists, Hector Moran has been showing off, um, I guess the, the sculpts that he's been doing for the figures, the, yeah, the the, 3d models he's making. Yeah. Um, so I mean, again, likeness is something that they always have to deal with. So I I think that's, I think you and I are probably on the same page that they're, they're really trying to avoid likenesses, much like the blind bags that Mattel did, uh, for answer the call. They're slightly, uh, cutesied, like they're kind of slightly squattish. They're very similar to the, um, what was the blind bag ones that, uh, Cryptozoic put out? Um, oh, they're my, the Mighty Minis? Was that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> Pardon me. They remind me of that. Um, but yeah, uh, the guys are fine because they're kind of cartoony. They 
are they're, the the four Ghostbusters are immediately identifiable, but at the same time, nobody would have to worry like, is this too close to you know Harold Ramis? Do we need to get right. it okay? For some reason, however, uh, going back to the top of the show, their uh, ripped horn uh, <laughs> is heavily stylized, uh, and actually, it's almost to the point of making. Fun of him, uh, like they kept. He modeled in his slightly wild gray hair, but then his obviously just for men dyed <laughs> beard, like his very odd. <laughs> and then uh, speaking of beard, slapped a beard on uh, Will Smith on Agent J, it's just so they don't have to deal with it being Will too Smith's close likeness. to Will Smith. Yeah. Um, and then uh, last but not least, uh, what was her? Was it was J K? There's no K. There was no K in it. It was. Um, it was what's her name from the end of the first movie, Agent. Uh, Did they gave was was it L? I forget what they gave. They gave her like a that. designation, and I can't. And it's remember. not even quite her. Yeah, it's almost like yeah. In the end, well, there's four Ghostbusters and only three Men in Black, so maybe he's not done with uh, Agent K yet. But uh, uh, and then a couple of uh, these space creatures that may or may not also have something to do with ghosts. I don't know, but they look pretty, and it's it's actually also very cool that IDW, uh, when he first posted them, uh, some looks of them on Twitter and Instagram a couple of weeks back, he actually said he got the thumbs up to do it. To so. do it, it's funny. Like the 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 eight the the female agent that you were talking about kind of looks to me like um like Emma Thompson from the new movie, a little oh, bit. Oh, that could be. I wonder. Maybe. If, I wonder if this is going to have a little bit of ties to that it's the uh, it's the blonde slicked back hair a little bit yeah maybe you're right um i I also love that ray's smoking a cigarette at least in in this version Uh, we'll see how far that gets (laughs) through the the chain of command (laughs) um but uh but yeah i mean uh, they're they're i'm trying to they remind me of something is it the sega genesis characters they kind of look like the Uh, sega genesis characters a little bit a little bit yeah well because they've been kind of Made kind of squat, yeah. It's, it's the uh, yeah with the um. Uh, I think that's probably the big heads with the squat bodies and the very like sharp eyebrows. I think is what yeah. I'm I'm reacting to. I'm, is. I'm just gonna jump in uh, and apologize on both our behalfs. British artist Dan Mumford did oh, the Dan uh, Mumford. The Dan Mumford. Not Sorry, a Drew. Dan. Not a Drew. Sorry, Sorry Dan. We still love them. I have them both, and they're amazing. Um, uh, and actually, they're a good price, too. If you look on Amazon and all that, they're like 15 bucks. Yeah, I mean, and he does, I mean, Gallery 1988, he's always a contributor to those, and he's mm-hmm. always got really fun stuff. Like, he did a Castlevania thing that was awesome, and um, so I'm I'm sorry, Dan. It's, uh, for the for the last two weeks, Chris uh, has been uh, under, the we- under the weather, and, and uh, now this week... Um, I'm not under the weather. I'm just having like a, a micro stroke every five seconds. I feel like I can't speak anymore, but, um, so yeah, sorry, Dan. Uh, but yeah, so, so check out, uh, Hector's they're on his Twitter, uh, where you can check out all of those IDW men in black crossover, uh, um, photos. He's got a great group shot. He's, uh, at sculptor heck, uh, if you're looking for him. So, so check those out. Um, Chris, let's do this. Let's, um, let's throw to our voicemails here because we've got a fun voicemail that I want you and I to talk about. Sure. Uh, and then we'll get into our, uh, Ghostbusters 2020 chat. So, uh, Hey, let's play that voicemail tape. Hey, what's going on guys? It's, uh, Ghostbusters Joe, the Ghostbusters of Pike County again. Um, 
if you had a chance to pick a person to be the new mayor in the new Ghostbusters, who would you have? I could think of a few people, and sadly, we can't get our favorite, lovely mayor, Lenny. God rest his soul. I know definitely he would be too old by this point. Probably they probably would have him in a short cameo. But who would you have as the new mayor? Maybe Joe Pesci. That'd be a little weird. But Joe Pesci as the new mayor, or someone that would be funny and then could be serious. You guys have a good one. See you on the other side. Keep on bustling. Hey Joe, two two shows in a row, man. Congratulations, uh, hit, hitting the voicemail tuner. I think that might actually be something that hasn't happened before. But uh, great question, uh, Joe Pesci. As far as I know, is retired, unfortunately. Hey, so. Ghostbusters. Hey, Maybe the Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay, 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 okay. But uh, so here here's the thing. So I think that. The question has two possible conversation points for you and I to jump into here, Chris. Sure. So, so in Ghostbusters 2020, who would we like to play the mayor? But let me take it a step back and ask a second question that we should start off with. Do we even think that a mayor of New York City will factor into this movie? Uh, well, this is a very good question because you and I have wondered... <sighs> we've wondered how much New York will feature in this film um uh, given given the the teaser trailer the rural setting yeah uh, they're filming in in uh, calgary um possibly in in the the outskirts the suburbs of calgary um, yeah so so the funny thing is when when i got when i got this voicemail and i listened to it i'm like oh my god that's such a great question because uh it, you obviously could take it in so many different directions and then i thought Really? Are we even gonna? Is the mayor gonna factor into this? Is the mayor gonna be a presence at all in this movie? And I, I started to think, I don't, I don't think that they will. No. See, the problem is, is that question leads us to the thing you and I've discussed, which is, it's the catch twenty two of doing sequels, which is, I want the exact same thing from before, only I don't want the exact same thing from before. Yeah. So everybody kind of. In the same breath, people will complain if anything is off formula from the first one and then complain that Ghostbusters 2 was too much of a, you know, a carbon copy of the first one. So it's... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I get where you're going. Like, so there's even a joke in Answer the Call where Andy Garcia uh, takes offense to being um, c- compared to the mayor from Jaws. I think if you have a mayor show up in a Ghostbusters movie, uh, in a fourth Ghostbusters movie, uh, th- you will have to draw lines to the mayor from Jaws because there's going to be this like, why is the mayor factoring into this fourth movie? Like, but. Uh, Really, we can't we can't venture out. First of all, how many times have you met the mayor of your city? That many times? Come on. Oh. But I went to high school with one of them. Oh Does well, all right, that's different. <laughs> but I I just um, think I yeah. I don't foresee I don't foresee there being much again much as we want to have those nostalgic tinges to the first and the second movies where the mayor has to utter his line, "Somebody get me the Ghostbusters," or you know some sort of call back to that yeah. i don't foresee that i mean unless unless there's a twist here and the mayor of new york city ends up being 
Winston Zedmore or Peter Venkman, you know, hearkening back to the Sholly Fish uh, Ghostbusters The Return. There is a slight opening in that when we talked about the casting uh, uh, there last week or the week before, the 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 reports mentioned that the you know the the mother son and presumably the the sister as well uh their family has some ties back to the first movie yeah so there is room there that a resolution has to be uh made you know has to take place back in new york proper uh but at the same time uh, I don't know. I don't like switching venues like that. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's either Ghostbusters is all in New York or it's someplace else. Uh, I don't know how you could split it without it not quite work. I, I don't know. I, do we want to, do we want to go both ways? Do we want to say, let's assume this one somehow, or maybe more likely the one after is properly a New York movie and who the mayor is? Well, yeah. Or well, I, I think because the funny thing is, I, I think I can even use this as a segue into our, our 2020 rumor discussion well, here. That's true. Now that so, you, I know where you're headed. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, if, if you if you want to take a step like d- dream scenario, let's say you were making Ghostbusters three and you were casting the mayor. Obviously, Lenny has uh, served his terms and he's uh, out in Pebble Beach uh, playing golf. Now he has nothing to do with the Ghostbusters. Who who would you put in the mayor's seat? Uh, that's not Andy Garcia. Um, and, and, and again, if, if this movie were to be taking place in New York city and if the mayor were involved, who, who would you like to see? Oh, I'm trying to think because in the eighties, the mayors were, they were mayoral in the, in the, you know, the, the Ed Koch sort of way. Um, whereas Andy Garcia, way too pretty to be, well, well, and Andy I mean, Garcia I guess, is a more 2000s era yeah, mayor where, you know. I, I guess the more modern era mayors are, you know. Uh, Sil- silver spoon uh, mayors that. Yeah, fancier suits and better yeah. groomed. Uh, I kind of want to see somebody in between, though. Uh, who would. Uh, uh, actually, I kind of want it to be a nod to the 80s. So I'm trying to think of who would. Uh, can can I can I throw mine in and maybe it'll inspire you? Do it, yeah. I'm just cycling through '80s movies in my head right now. So nod to the '80s, and I would love to see a mayor who is, um, not oh. not not akin to a George W. Bush, but you know, more of a like, hey, I want to hang out and party with that mayor. I want to see Michael Keaton as the mayor of New York City, and interesting. He's just he's the uh you know sandals and uh. Uh, board shorts mayor who who knows how this guy became the mayor of New York City, but uh, he's surely living it up in in crazy mansion. <laughs> uh, no, that's good. I think I know who I want though. I think right, I know who got... fits the look. Yeah, uh, I want Curtis Armstrong. Oh my god, that's a great idea. Curtis Armstrong is Booger. you put him in a in a in a in a in a fancy suit. And kind of comb his hair a bit. He's the perfect synthesis between, as you said, uh, moneyed modern mayors and the classic eighties bureaucratic slob. mayors. Yeah, well, yeah. You can you Curtis can, Armstrong all the way. There, there was a movie where Curtis Armstrong played kind of like a a refined, sophisticated gentleman, and it was obviously a play on people that knew him from Revenge of the Nerds. And I <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. 
can't remember I don't, what I can't. movie that was. But <laughs> anyway, yeah, Curtis Armstrong, that's good. Uh, I mean, or, again, or his or his his uh, uh, DNA clone, um, Clint Howard. One or the other. Or Clint, yeah, Clint Howard. I'll go, I'll go either way. Uh, oh man, Clint Howard is the mayor. That would be fun. But uh, <laughs> but all of that said, I don't I don't see the mayor of New York City factoring into the new movie. However. I do see, much like Stranger Things Season 3, we do see the new mayor that's up and coming of uh, Hawkins, Indiana, who might have some nefarious deeds. I have a feeling that we might see some sort of political figure or somebody uh, higher up on the hierarchy uh, of wherever this rural town is that we're seeing. I have a feeling that we'll, we'll see that person. And I have a feeling that I might know who could play that role. <laughs> Good evening. I'm Troy Benjamin. And I'm Chris Stewart. And I'm Troy Benjamin. And this is Ghostbusters 2020. From the Crossrip Studios around the world and into your ears, the news items that may or may not have touched your life, this is Ghostbusters 2020. With Chris Stewart and Troy Benjamin. Yes, welcome to our, our rumor roundup for Ghostbusters 2020 on that uh, ominous segue that I had earlier. But uh, Yeah, you played it up. you got to sell it. it now. I did it. So, so here's, the, here's the thing. J.K. Simmons, uh, everybody knows and loves J.K. Simmons. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson, he played Commissioner Gordon in the uh, recent DC films. Uh, whole line of, I mean, Whiplash, whole line of work that... Uh, you you obviously know J.K. Simmons by name at this point. You should know J.K. Simmons by name at this Worked point. Worked with Ernie Hudson in Oz. Uh, yes, was in Oz. Um, that's where I know him from first, and frankly, that's where I put all my stock in J.K. Simmons' ability. That he proved that he had range with J. Jonah Jameson and Whiplash right. and stuff like that is is amazing. But that understated uh, psychiatrist character he played in Oz, like that's the only reason I tuned in. The rest of it was just. Ugh. <laughs> God, wardens and prisoners. Uh, oh, yeah, he's a drama, drama, here. drama, drama. He was just so sarcastic and and dry. And, oh, it was amazing. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I think my my introduction to him was that that first Sam Raimi Spider Man. Well, I take it back. He did he did a thing on uh, Spin City back in the nineties. I think that's actually maybe that was before. <laughs> Spider-Man, I, I can't tell you either way, but uh, yeah. So, so J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson and Spider-Man. Obviously, he's got that that larger than life uh, personality. But uh, why this is important to us, why we're talking about this uh, in our rumor roundup, is because he has been kind of speaking of Clint Howard earlier. He's kind of been uh, uh, Jason Reitman's Clint Howard, his lucky lucky rabbit's foot, his lucky totem that has shown up in in all of his films. Yeah. Um, going all the way back to uh, Juno, of course, you know where he he played Mac in Juno. Um, I think that's really where it started, and so now, uh, you know, he's been in Up in the Air and and so on and so forth. I I haven't five five movies proper, one uncredited sixth appearance. I I mean, uh, yeah. yeah frankly, young... that's that's almost all of Jason Reitman's movies. Yeah, I what think is he's the one? Because he was in Young Adult. I haven't unfortunately seen, um, I haven't seen Tully. And I, I haven't don't think he's seen, in Tully. Yeah, I haven't seen the, um, the most he recent is, film. Yeah, he's in the, um, the Gary Hart one. Um, uh, who's the name of the movie? I can't remember. I feel like we just, uh, the front runner. We do this every runner, week and you. I'm like, God, yeah. why can I not remember the name of Jason Reitman's yeah. latest movie? Front runner. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, so obviously JK Simmons has, has worked with Jason Reitman. They have a great rapport. Uh, the two of them are, are friends. Uh, and the only reason that we, we bring that up here in our rumor roundup segment is because entertainment tonight was talking to, uh, Mr. Simmons, uh, talking about the lovely movie that he has done, uh, with his wife. Um, and, uh, of course everything, because again, any tangential, uh, relationship that you have for Ghostbusters, get ready. Cause anytime you're at a press junket or any type of interview, they're going to bring it up from this point until the day you die. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Simmons is asked about Ghostbusters. So let's, let's play the audio. I mean, cause this, this kind of goes a little bit outside of our, our rumor roundup because we actually have audio that we can play here. Um, and then we can talk about what he says or what he doesn't say more appropriately. So here's JK on uh, Entertainment Tonight. Jason Reitman is doing the new Ghostbusters movie. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, which is hilarious, of course, and uh, and brilliant. And uh, um, uh, now I can talk about it. He, uh, the, You've known for a while, huh? <laughs> J.K. Simmons talks Ghostbusters, J. Jonah Jameson, and Commissioner Gordon. But first, he's taking on a darker role in I'm Not Here, directed by Michelle Schumacher. Uh, the, the the two aspects of, of her as a director that I really appreciate are, are just the kind of vibe that she puts down. I find all the directors that I've really enjoyed working with multiple times, Sam Raimi, the Coen brothers, uh, you know, Damien, Jason, uh, really create just a good happy vibe you know and mm-hmm. that's that's partly you know competence and being prepared <laughs> and partly just you know being a, a a good nice person you know that uh, that creates an environment where you don't mind spending 12 hours together you know uh, yeah. working on a on a film and then uh, and then really with this film in particular uh, i mean i'm it's very vulnerable sort of for me as an actor it's very emotionally raw and physically you know exposed and um it was a blessing to be doing it with the person that I trust more than anybody on the planet. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was really an ideal uh, partnering. I want to talk about another one of your frequent collaborators that you just mentioned. Jason Reitman is doing the new Ghostbusters movie. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, which is hilarious, of course, and uh, and brilliant. And uh, um, uh, now I can talk about it. He, uh, the, You've known for a while, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait. Yeah. I, I can't wait to see, you know, what what he's going to do with it. Can you tell us the least surprising news of all time? I Are can you... tell you absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay, fair Sorry. enough. But I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume you're in I know everything. You know, but you I'm do. I'm not telling you. Yeah. want to talk about uh, I mean, this is a very polite and very professional way of, of him saying, I know everything. Stop asking me questions. <laughs> I call it pulling a Kevin Smith because Kevin Smith did the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, Kevin Smith even divulged a little bit more than J.K. Simmons did, and in, in, in the sense that, like, let me tell you, pe- people are going to be happy. Uh, you know, he speaks only on behalf of himself. You know, saying, "I can't wait to see it. I can't see. I, yeah. I can't wait to see what he's going to do." I, I mean, again, he's he's. Uh, I think, cause, and Chris, uh, to to tip our hand a little bit, you were kind enough to do the rundown this week, and and in your write up, you said he brushed off the interviewer. He's he's doing his best to answer her question, but at the same time, say like, yeah, I know, uh, I know, Jason's working on a Ghostbusters movie. I'm very excited for it. Am I a part of it? Can't really tell you that at this point. I'd love to be. Um, that that sort of like. 
uh, media trained answer. He has to, he has to keep the door open, uh, and also kind of tease things. So, uh, I mean, do we think JK Simmons will be involved in this movie? I feel like he will. I feel like he'll show up. Something. At some, yeah. Even if it's just like a, a quick one shot cameo or a one day cameo, uh, something yeah. somewhere. I'm sure he'll show up. They, they work together so much too. I can't imagine that those two with the working relationship they've had, that he would mention the movie and not find some small way to include him. Even if there's no ideal larger role in all that, just well, like that, the last movie they worked uh, on, like I said, was an uncredited appearance sort of thing. Could be the same thing here. Just there's room for a J.K. Simmons to, you know, play the grocery store clerk or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just, exactly. Just have a couple of good lines and then done with. Uh, so to be to be a, uh, the punchline to a joke at some point, uh, basically to be somebody who yells "Get the hell out of here!" Like he could be that person, you know. Um, yeah. But you know, and and. <clears throat> I, I, I'm worth pointing out that he doesn't flat out deny that he's in the movie. Um, no. But at the same time... Which is he, also... That's a very accurate thing to not close a door if you don't have to. Sure. <laughs> but he also says that he's contracted to do uh, two more Justice League films, which let me tell you how that's probably not in the cards anytime soon. So, no. uh, you know, it's... He's he's trying to he's he's being his usual affable self, uh, trying to keep the doors open, trying to um, uh, support a friend because I'm sure you know Jason is his friend and and he wants to make sure that he's <laughs> Jason's not having to deal with the rumor du jour uh, once again on uh, social media or or through news outlets. So um, I I I would think it's a pretty safe bet that if the schedules align and if come. Uh, May, June, July of this year, J.K. Simmons is not working on his own personal project or on another big movie. Um, sure, I, I bet he shows up for a day and does at least something. Hmm. Uh, but, but that's that's where it kind of ties into uh, Joe's question is, I can picture J.K. Simmons as the mayor of whatever the rural town is that we're seeing in that teaser yeah, trailer. Absolutely. Uh, 100%. You see him doing the campaigning and... Uh, fighting uh, against the apartment complex that they want to build that's going to steal all of the water in the small town area. Uh, I only bring that up because that's something that the mayor of Franktown, Colorado, had to deal with uh, <laughs> bringing in my own rural uh, experiences here. But um, yeah, I, I see J.K. Simmons as that person. Do I see him as the mayor of New York City? Sure, 100%. Do I think that's what he's going to be? No, not really. I don't, I, I just don't, Again, we keep coming back to that this is going to be a totally different film for so many reasons. I just I yeah. don't see Jason Reitman trying to work the mayor of New York City into this movie at all, really. No. It's I mean, he might have something up his a, a real good way to to bring New York into it. I, I just you know, let's let's be honest, we could also be entirely wrong. Like we're we're looking at this like we're reading into a teaser when all they wanted yeah. to do was to sell us on some imagery uh, and it oh, has nothing to do with the, yeah. with the actual story. So let's not uh, buy into our own suppositions a little too hard there. I, uh, yeah, I know that's true. This, the, the whole rural thing came up in our, our wild speculation. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I love, I love JK Simmons. Um, 
I've, I feel like he can also play that line of, of comedy where you don't want to take it too broad. You know, J- obviously J. Jonah Jameson is this big, broad, larger than life, chew the hell out of the scenery character, but he can also play that subdued, um, uh, businessman, everyday man. Um, he can play the, the straight man to whoever our, uh, our, our comedic actors might end up being. Um, yeah. So he's, he's a versatile guy. So I'd, I'd love to see him in the movie. Uh, Joe, I don't know if that answers your question. I, I feel like we, we got in our, our, like <laughs> our fan casting that will never happen answers. And then we also, uh, worked it into this. So ho- hopefully that, uh, hopefully that says everything that it can be said. Um, but, uh, that said, that's everything for Ghostbusters 2020 this week. Again, a uh, very light news week for the uh, for the new film, which I, I'm going to get used to. I feel like we all, all of our listeners out there should be getting used to this because, again, it will probably be radio silent for the most part until uh, at, at least the week or two leading up to FanFest. That's, that's my estimation is we won't hear much of anything until May at the yeah. earliest. But uh, FanFest obviously being one of those big things. So... Um, so stay tuned. Uh, and if JK Simmons, uh, says otherwise, we'll, we'll be sure to throw it here on the show. If he changes his tune, we'll (laughs) let you guys know. Uh, so, so with 2020 out of the way, with the merchandise stuff out of the way, Chris, um, we have two, two news items here. Well, actually, let me, let me quick throw this one out there because this is a a wizard world shout out. We talked about uh, FanFest last week. Uh, again, if you haven't listened to the Yes Have Some interview uh, with with the Wizard World press rep Jerry, last name TBD, <laughs> we still can't remember his last name. Uh, go go check that out because they do have some information on FanFest. However, if you're going to Wizard World St. Louis, which is coming up April 4th through 6th, uh, Chris, you were kind enough to point out that you can get uh, a, a few bucks back on your admission. You can get 20% off your admission yeah. cost. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's thanks to the heavy lifting of Jason at Ghostbusters news, because the code is GB news 20. That's how you yep. can, uh, get, get your 20%, 20% is, is nothing to shake a stick at. So, yeah. uh, it uh, seemed, it seemed worthwhile with two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. By the time you hear this, it, you'll have two weeks until the, that, uh, that long weekend, uh, yeah. buy yourself a ticket, uh, wizard world. Every wizard world is supposed to have some sort of ghostbusters contingency thing going on. So if you're in the area and save a buck or two, well, several at at the minimum, save several bucks. Yeah. Save yourself at least a pop vinyl uh, worth of, of men money there. There you go. Um, but, uh, and then speaking of conventions, we want to give a shout out to our, our Ontario ghostbusters friends, uh, who, um, uh, unfortunately because of timing, we weren't able to mention on the air the weekend, well, the week before they went to their convention uh, for the weekend, uh, they were at Toronto Comic-Con last weekend uh, and ended up raising $1,500 uh, for uh, two charities, Visions of Science and Street Cats Rescue. Um, and uh, the, the it, it, it was one of those things where they reached out. They wanted us to help boost the signal. They're, they're raffling off tickets to win a Proton Pack, which is incredibly awesome. As I understand, they will still be raffling off tickets. So um, they're in the process of of setting up some sort of a web uh, donation system so that you can uh, buy a few tickets, uh, buy into the raffle, and you can uh, donate for a good cause and at the same time possibly win a a Proton Pack, which is very wonderful. So... Uh, and again, a call to, I mean, I, I apologize to them here on the air. I apologize to them when they reached out to us, but, uh, timing wise, if you guys can give us like 
two weeks heads up. That's always probably about the best, uh, just so that we can make sure that we can boost the signal here on the show. And if we can boost it on social yeah. media for you, um, it goes one of, it goes one of two ways. Give us a, a couple weeks, a week and a half minimum heads up before you do a thing. So we can give a shout out. And afterwards, if you just want to let us know how it went and, uh, let us, uh, brag on your behalf, uh, we're happy to do that too. You know, shout outs to the, to the team and, uh, you know, let us know how much you did for which charities and, uh, cause we see it all the time and we try to keep track of it on social media, especially this last weekend. So many St. Patrick's day things going on. It was just, yeah. I, I kind of like, Oh God, everybody's doing something. So, um, not to be lazy and all that, but we want to make sure that everybody's getting, uh, noticed and, uh, uh, sharing around what, all the good stuff the teams are doing. So, uh, yeah, just. Drop us a Facebook message or uh, uh, whichever, and uh, yeah, that only takes a second, and we're more than happy to stretch it out here to say, "Good job, you." Yeah, hundred percent, one hundred percent. So uh, yeah, so keep keep your ears to the ground. We'll get you details on the Ontario raffle uh, when we have more news on that as well. Um, all right, so Chris, I, th- I think I've I've carved out about uh, <laughs> eight to ten minutes here for us to talk Ooh. about a very 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 tiny detail. But it's it's kind of noteworthy because it is something that you and I have never noticed on our f- seven thousand viewings of the original Ghostbusters film. Never, never noticed, and it comes with as I wrote down three f- fairly interesting implications. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one minor detail that the more you stare at it, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, 100%. So so first credit where credit is due. So on on the Twitters uh, at Movie Details, which is uh, a Twitter account that is uh, of you and my own hearts, Chris. Yes, uh, just absolutely. <laughs> dissecting movies uh, frame by frame by frame by frame. Um, but so they found this thing that I had never noticed in the original 1984 Ghostbusters. Uh, of, of course, you know, in the montage – um, there's all the various, uh, you know, the Omni magazine and the, uh, time magazine. Uh, but one of them is a globe cover, which is the Ghostbusters super diet cover. And your eye is drawn, uh-huh. of course, to the Ghostbusters super diet. And that's, that's the joke is like, what is the Ghostbusters super diet? What, what is their nutritional <laughs> advice for us to be taking here? Which we all know is Cheez-Its, uh, Twinkies and beer. And beer and uh, horrible, horrible life decisions, Egon Spangler. You ate <laughs> garbage. How did that work? But and then, when, and then when you reach your daily calorie te- account, you switch to tab. <laughs> exactly. That's, because you're that's trying the to watch your figure. Super diet. <laughs> Give me a junior Western bacon cheese because I'm trying to watch my figure. But so anyway, so at the very top, uh, they've got a headline for the Globe because of course the Globe is obsessed with uh, Princess Diana. And and the 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 royal family, uh, especially at this point in 1984, um, yeah. so it's kind if, of a throwaway. If, if, if the Ghostbusters super diet wasn't uh, enough of a hint, the Globe is a slightly sensationalistic newspaper. Yeah, is that uh, fair to say? Yes. Yeah, it's your it's, uh, National Enquirer. Yeah, kind of uh, Daily <laughs> Mail. Yeah, it's National Enquirer that got a haircut and put on a suit. It's <laughs> it's still kind of trashy, but it presents well. Yeah, parading is like the USA Today. But uh, so so anyway, so at the very top, they have a headline that says that Princess Di is pregnant again. Uh, and and of course you see that and you you think that that is the joke. You 100% think that okay, the globe is uh, trying to cash in on the personal dealings of Princess Di uh, and Charles again. It certainly but, suits. Yes. Yeah. 
Now, the, the thing that you and I have not noticed, Chris, I, do you, do you want to take it from here? Do you want to do the, the grand unveiling here of, of what we have not noticed? Yeah. It, uh, calling it a grand unveiling might be overselling it because it is <laughs> very easy to miss. Oh, it's uh, in, in that, the far corner. Yeah. When Walter Peck first uh, comes by to introduce himself to uh, the Ghostbusters and he's pacing around uh, Venkman's desk there uh, on the, let's see, <laughs> try to orient it. If you're sitting at Peter Venkman's desk to the left on the wall, there's a lamp in the way, which makes it even harder to see. But behind the lamp, you can see the the top headline, just like Princess Diana is pregnant again. There's a top headline that says, Princess has triplets. Um, <laughs> which is, it's, it's funny because it meant not only did they produce the Ghostbusters super diet and fill it in with a completely plausible uh, Princess Pregnant Again headline, but when they needed to throw more fake head like fake ghostbuster uh press coverage over the walls somebody went uh princess has driplets like they actually finished the story yeah i mean of- <laughs> what a brilliant way of showing a passage of time that the headlines have changed from she's expecting nine months later she's had triplets you know now the thing is if we if we walked away and stopped talking about it there it it might i think a few people would still a light bulb would go off at an uncomfortable time like middle of the night, two days from now sort of thing. But I think most people will just go, yeah, clever of them. And cause that's, you know, that's, we see stuff like that all the time. And, and what are, what gets me is that, um, that second headline creates two of its own question implications and reexamining the original montage, uh, uh, somebody noticed a little extra detail that we've never noticed before. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, so I don't know. Do you want to go back to the montage that people are more familiar with and we can just kind of toss that one aside quickly or? Uh, yeah. Or I mean, cause what, what I'm, I'm Zapruder filming that frame that movie details is I like, I'm, I'm curious what the headline is here. That's Ghostbusters related. Like what have we not seen on this cover? This, this is like an unseen globe cover. So underneath it says uh, triplets for the princess. And then it says staying pure is no longer. And then it's obscured by the, the lamp. And then I'm, I'm guessing that the headline underneath, it, it starts with an SP. So I'm guessing it's like spectral spook something. Spangler. There's, Spangler. Yeah, there's some sort of, there's a cover there we've never seen that's from the set deck people. But anyway, so uh, yeah, sorry. I, okay. I, I got stuck. Um, but yeah, it, so. It, it goes by so quickly. It is, and it's just a sliver and most people's brains just tuned it out. So how amazing to find that it actually had some some real thought go into it, but, yeah, uh, but, the, but you were, you were talking about the photo that's on the globe, uh, the one in the montage in the montage. So it's, it's the photo of Venkman, Stanton, <laughs> Spangler. By the way, my favorite is, is a shout out. I believe it was, I think it was Mike, uh, one of the regular followers on the, the social media, Mike Spud. Yeah. Hi, Mike. I think I'm pretty sure it's Mike. Uh, when we posted it, uh, the movie details people called it the up and coming montage, and there was <laughs> their response was basically, "I am very uncomfortable with that montage name." Like, it's, it's I guess everybody has their own name for what the montage is, but up and coming was up and coming montage. Up and coming Ghostbusters. But the in the montage, the photo they use, it, I'm pretty sure it's New York like judging by the buildings in the background and it's of the, the original three, there's no Winston in this yet. And they're standing, you know, uh, one in front of the other, um, you know, sh- uh, showing off their shoulders. Somebody pointed out is like, 
the logos look like they're like plastic iron-ons. Uh, and they're yeah. right. Like they're very flat, they're very untextured, and they all have like a, a shine on them. Uh, that the cloth and and they're very precise compared to the cloth ones that got made by production. Like it's very weird. It's almost like there were certain costumes for long shots that, or stunt shots or something. I don't know. Well, or or my my guess when you pointed this out, I I started obsessing over like. Because, you know, these are the types of things that you have to shoot how many months in advance because they had to produce out that's something true. that's going to be seen on screen. So if they're using this as set deck, I'm thinking maybe this was a costume test. Maybe this was a camera test. But because I'm also right. obsessed with their haircuts, like okay. everybody's haircuts exactly. are totally different. It's time for me to stop you, though, because this brings up one of the other points. And that is I went and looked. Prince Harry was born in September of 1984. So. That means mm. uh, Prince Harry was conceived, uh, you know, Christmas or early uh, New Year in 1984. Uh, not to be indelicate about the royal family's uh, comings and goings, but um, it, it, as you put it, then yeah, normally this stuff gets done in advance just so they can start putting this stuff together. But we know two things: one, this production was very rushed in a lot of very unconventional ways, time wise, and two. The fact that they said Princess Di is pregnant again, it's not impossible that as they're putting this movie together, because remember, uh, that montage consists of uh, like uh, the debt marrying footage yeah, that it's, was it's like, a lot of odds shot and not used. It was all uh, assembled. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it was it's, it's, a, it's a shout out to, um, oh God, I can't remember the name, uh, the editor. Um, Who's going to be Shelley. at FanFest? Shelly Khan. Thank you very much. Shelly Khan. <laughs> we're we're calling him Shelly Khan because we're on a first name It's all Shelly Khan. And it's yeah. all, it all, that montage, as much as we love it, is very much almost kind of like a last minute thing in certain ways, or at least heavily changed as to what they originally planned. Because there's also uh, footage of, in the montage, of them coming out of the uh, Sedgwick bust. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't used. Like, well, two shots. There's the, you know, no job is too big, no fee is too big. There's also them in with, you know, no dialogue uh, kind of up looking down on them, walking towards the Ecto. That one was so uh, thrown in, it hits a point and they have they rewind back like six frames. Like, it just wasn't quite long enough for the segment that they, they actually, they're like, it's going to cut in a second anyways, just run it backwards. Like, weird little things like that. So it's, in my head, oh. the montage, that, it's possible the, sh the photo was taken before, but what they ended up deciding to do with it, as in this montage, was in that, Inside 1984, last half of production, like the 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 end half of 1983 was filming in New York, right? Fall of '83 was shooting in New York, right? I once they're back in LA and shooting stuff there, and this is again where we have to start bending our brain and it starts to hurt. It's not inconceivable that you hit March, uh, and they're doing the, like frantically putting last minute stuff together, and somebody goes. Uh, you know, they just announced Princess Di is pregnant again. Not impossible in March, you know, to go, hey, because the royals always announce when they're pregnant and all that. Right. So, yeah. Hey, she's pregnant. They're going, great. Globe headline. Princess Di is pregnant sure. again. At the exact same time, they're shooting in the LA firehouse and doing the peck scene and they need to dress that up. And as they're putting all this shit together, somebody goes, hey, triplets. Ha <laughs> ha. Good joke. Done. But you're right. Like that photo, where did it 
fit into things. The ha- hair is not quite right. The costumes are not what they shoot I'm, through the movie in. Or yeah, so I'm thinking it either happened before production or actually after production. So let me let me help it as you were talking again, Zapruder filming here. There you go. Um the the date on the globe the princess die expecting again is October of 1984. October it looks like maybe 10th or something of 1984. Which is weird because that is a year out from when they're shooting. <laughs> And it is a month after the prince was actually born. Like it's, well, but if, I mean, your theory here is if if they knew, okay, the movies come out in June. We obviously okay. know that they yep. delivered the print wet to theaters uh, because they were right up against the deadline. Yeah. So if if this was engineered in editorial in let's say May of 1984, I I think you're you're dead on here. I bet that they were trying to figure out gags to just put stuff in the the margins and all the other sub headlines of these these uh, these tabloids it, and i bet it's like well hey i guess princess dies expecting again oh my god we can play that up let's add that in there small, and small then they point, estimated yeah. that she would have babies uh, somewhere in the fall of 84 yeah, yeah. Uh, although it should also be pointed out like like i said this is what I, I i love it and i'm sure everybody listening is getting absolutely uh stir crazy with us <laughs> they've clicked um, over to yes have some of this i haven't yeah. checked all of them but i know for a fact that the omni cover is october 1984 as well interesting interesting okay, so october 1984 uh might it, they their joke might have been ha halloween 84 do that like it just may have been some sort of uh, throwaway. Oh boy! Thing but here's, just here's where this breaks your brain, though. This this is where <laughs> this is where the fans that are are really upset that Stan Lee shows up. Uh, well, I, I'm not spoiling anything. Don't spoil it. Yeah, but but of course, Stan Lee has a cameo in in Captain Marvel. But it's it's breaking some uh, fans' brains because they they can't wrap their hands. It's it's the same argument we had last week about uh, or two weeks ago about Finn Wolfhard appearing in Stranger Things. Uh, where Ghostbusters is something that is mentioned and and on screen, and now he's appearing in a right. Ghostbusters movie. I, that breaks my brain. I can't deal with that. Um, so, so here's if if all of these te- they all have dates that say October of 1984, and then when they go to the mayor's at the end of the movie, the uh-huh. banner that's that's advertising. Uh huh. They have now traveled back in time. To, to 1983. 1983. <laughs> so. Like, yeah, that, that's the point where you start having to just make common sense decisions. Like, they had no control over that banner. Yeah. That yeah. was an actual city of New York, actual cultural event going on. And it's well not before like they, you could digitally scrub that scrub out and change out, that right, to yeah. something so, else. Yeah. But you're right. It is, it's uh, <clears throat> that, <clears throat> that banner was one of the first indicators, even before people started to get their hands on call sheets and all that, that the shooting was done in fall, right? Like, uh, that, that banner kind of sold it, that it was being shot fall of 83. Um, hang on here. I'm just mentally trying to review in my head because it was, uh, the weird montage photo, like those, I, there's no answer to it. It's just a big, that one is a big question where we're just like, what is that photo? Costume test or it's, or it's again, if this was May of 84 and they're pressed for time and they've got to figure something else. Well, no, hold on. Here's something that throws our entire hypothesis out the window because that that is, that is physical set deck that was on the set when they shot Walter Peck and Peter Vankman at uh, F- Fire Station Twenty Three. So, so the Princess yep. Die has triplets. That was that was set up by Set Deck 
well in advance of May of, of 84. Unless somebody knew uh, about that set decoration and they were like, oh, we can put this in there and that will show the passage of time. So it, it was almost was like a reverse though, engineering. Because the, the, the whole point, I mean, the whole thing that we have never noticed is this thing that's behind the lamp that's hanging up in Peter Venkman's yeah. wall. So that, that would have been filmed in, that would have been December of 83. See, now we have to kind of go find when they the world actually and when they actually announced that princess die was pregnant hmm. again because uh, maybe at best they go like uh beginning of february oh, she's pregnant again maybe in that case they can but the other, and then the other thing we have to take into account is they had to shoot on 23 back in la um uh, in loose chronological sequence, meaning they had the, 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 you know, the crapped up one for the demilitarized zone buying of right. it. Uh, they then had to do the, uh, start, you know, Dana comes in, uh, you know, Gene hold my calls, all that, where there's nothing on the walls and then move to time has passed. And so it's not impossible. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, but if, if they announced, if the, I mean, cause if, if, if Prince Harry was born in September of eighty four, <coughs> right, nine months back January, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have announced that they were pregnant back in November or December of eighty three. No, but my point is, is if they come back from Christmas break to start shooting in L A. and they start with the uh, oh, they're uh, doing interiors at the fire they station. Do, maybe they do the interior uh, when they're renting it. And then everything has to be redressed and they start shooting interiors, uh, for the businesses just getting rolling. That takes a couple of weeks or whatever. And then they move to, you know, Peck era and hiring, uh, Winston era. You know, that could conceivably be in February. It's not impossible is what I'm saying. I, I mean, I guess the, the other, the other option here, we, we the, right. the, the other alternative explanation to all of this is because I'm just I do, all I can hear is everybody turning this podcast off. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Well, we're almost sorry. done it. I gave I, this 10 I'm, minutes. I'm not, I'm not saying that minutes. to disparage you. I'm just sitting here going, is, oh my God, listen to us. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Well, but here's, here's where we can, this is like back to the future two predicting the Chicago Cubs to win the world series because I, I do recall that, especially with royal families, even now with the royal family, it's always like, is uh, Meghan Markle pregnant? Is like that? That's kind of always the tabloid fodder, right? So yeah. I'm sure that they may have been thinking like, well, Princess Di and Charles just got married. I'm sure everybody's talking about them uh, having a kid. So I wonder if, if this was some sort of a, a, a joke that they had planned at least like putting the the headline up that princess die has triplets like ha 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 there we go it's uh, very funny yeah. because we've all been surmising that they're gonna have kids at some point and then lo and behold in whenever it was january february of 1984 royal family comes out and says princess die is pregnant and it's a prince uh and here yeah. ghostbusters has foretold the future ghostbusters well, has prophesied remember, this is prince two uh, not uh, Prince that's one. right. You're right. So, yeah. but Occam's razor to me says that it just, I'm kind of, uh, tweaking, uh, your, your suggestion here. Cause I think you're quite not necessarily wrong. I think it's quite conceivable. Actually, the mix of our two hypotheses is that in around February, uh, as they're moving into the 
keep companies up and running stage of shooting in in 23 before they move to the temple and all that um the tabloids like the actual globe may have been doing the is diana pregnant again blah and that was the seed for them to go joke headline yes she is pregnant again and then that that's why it makes more sense that the second headline is this total joke of and it's triplets and then but as you say and then get to september or a couple of months later and they announce it and production goes holy crap yeah we were Ooh, I guess the rumors were true, and oh, we kind of wrote it into the movie. What gets me most, though, and this is kind of the last point about this thing, is that <laughs> what they created was a montage cover that says she's pregnant, so let's say three months, and then they they have a headline at the time the child is born, which is six months later. Like, they created uh, like a, a time frame because we've discussed it before <laughs> but they created a six month existence window for ghostbusters yeah. uh which is uh, like just their stardom came <clears throat> out of that uh half year yeah um it's it's very which then in my head <laughs> let's see is they shoot in no that new york was the end of the movie the front of the movie it's yeah okay so they shot kind of uh, yeah it almost kind of works that <laughs> the six yeah the six months almost kind of works uh looking at the start of the movie shots and end movie shots where everybody's wearing like you know parkas and all that anyways this is the rabbit hole that i both love <laughs> and i'm sure people absolutely hate but i, was, I guess let's i guess let's put it this way if you're tuning into a weekly ghostbusters podcast hopefully you have been engrossed by this uh <laughs> nearly half hour of us talking about a stupid uh, newspaper article but but what i loved is we never saw that thing was there and no. the minute it came up it just cracked open a few more things where like it's it's like uh, the best part of science is uh we're not finding answers to things. We're just finding more questions. Yeah. Like that's what I love about Ghostbusters. It's not that we're answering more stuff. We're just ending up with more questions I about mean, this, this movie. I think the only way to really settle this discussion is, has been one of these things that I've always wanted to do. And again, kind of what the, the purpose of this podcast was uh, initially before, before movies were announced and now we became a news podcast, but I, I want to find Marvin March, the wonderful set decorator that worked yeah. on the original Ghostbusters. He he is turning 89 years old this year. Ugh, we gotta um, talk to him soon. But but he has worked on he worked on um, the original Lethal Weapon and uh-huh. uh, uh, They Live, uh, Dante's Peak, who my friend Jeremy <laughs> Foley was in. Um, I, Lost in Yonkers, like he's he's got a wonderful catalog. I just, I want to pick his brain and just be like. Look, Marvin, uh, tell me about all of the in-jokes and the <laughs> things that you hid in here. Uh, the, the, I, the I love New York pig. Where did that come new, from? Where did that come from? How did um, you pick all those posters? Yeah. Um, so uh, where, where is that uh, the et cetera sign, uh, et cetera uh, yes. wall hanging? Because I, I want that in my house. Oh, my goodness. So if, if anybody out there has an in with Marvin March. Um, Marvin, baby. Uh, I'm Los Angeles based. I will go to his house and we will, (laughs) we will eat Dupar's pie and we will talk about these things. Let's become the Gilbert Gottfried podcast of Ghostbusters. But better yet, Wizard World, uh, Jerry, uh, Mr. Jerry Wizard, uh, we'll find his last name sooner or later, I'm sure. Um, You know, uh, if you want to bring him to FanFest, we will fawn over that man. Oh, my God. Like, I'll talk to him for an hour. We'll kill everybody's <laughs> entire Saturday talking to him about all of the tiny details. 
but I mean, again, these are the types of like the, the type of pedigree that worked on the original Ghostbusters film. Somebody like Marvin March, the set, de- set decorator, you know, the set deck, uh, obviously, you know, your, your, um, Theone Eldridge's and your, yeah. uh, like all, the, all of these costume designers, all the people that we, we do fawn over, they're often overlooked by, you know, the, the set decks and the costumers and, and the people that kind of worked underneath those heads of departments. So it makes me wonder if, um, the Buenos got to talk to him. I don't think so. I don't uh, think that, the, I mean, knowing all of the people that they did talk to, I don't think Marvin March was among them, but he was probably pretty, I mean, he would have been pushing 80 at the time. Yeah. I mean, let's yeah. see. Yeah. Birthday, May 8th, 1930. So yeah, he, wow. uh, just around the corner here, will be hitting his 89th birthday. But, um, anyway, so, uh, thank, thanks for indulging, uh, Chris and I and our, our nearly half hour chat about this uh, tiny <laughs> detail. But again, this is, this is the kind of stuff that we love. This is the kind of stuff that we started it this is. podcast for. So I uh, hope, hope you enjoy Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, go, go stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. And Twitter accounts. Chris is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for... The Ghostbusters! Interdimensional crossroad. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. It's funny, Chris. I, I saved... That, I mean, you you were kind enough to do the rundown again because today was a ridiculous day for me and I wasn't able to do our rundown like I usually uh, can. Uh, and and uh, you had graciously scripted everything out. I'm like, I got to save that. I know that we're going to talk about that for like at least 20 minutes. So I'm going to save oh, yeah. that for the end. But uh, but anyway, so yeah, thanks thanks for pulling that out. And uh, I should also, uh, again, our, our movie details uh, Twitter account uh, is to thank for that. But I also need to thank one of our listeners for pointing us toward movie details, uh, JDA Mats, yep. um, which uh, you, you've you've really uh, latched on to us as, as a listener and, and we love you. Um, so thanks, thanks for cluing us into that because obviously it was a great discussion topic for this week's podcast, but, uh, Chris, you're, you're healthy. You sound, uh, energetic. Uh, you got final thoughts for this, this week? Uh, I could spoil a surprise. Oh, uh, I was informed that, uh, there would be great demand for proton charging uh, patches. Oh. Uh, so I have put okay. in an order for You have done some patches. I feel like, didn't, at one point you did the, back when the Ghostbusters were going to hell in Ghostbusters 3, if I remember correctly. That is the patch. You you did the uh, the flaming, <coughs> like, uh, no ghost Moogly uh, patch. I have yeah, one of those. Well, yeah, well, ghost uh, proton charging back then was... Within months of it starting, that was the first real rumor of another Ghostbusters was Hellbent, right? Ghostbusters goes to hell. Uh, And I made a mock-up now hiring poster 
you know, which is now a common theme across every time they do a new Ghostbusters something now hiring. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I, I, it was me just riffing on the original, which was the black teaser with the logo. Only, how do you convey the idea of they're going to hell, right? So uh, I put, I think I actually used a filter. It was like a the Photoshop One's terrible, you know, photo reel fake fire thing. But that, it was the same thing. It was, um, you know, the silhouetted Moogly with on fire because you know Ghostbusters go to hell. Yeah. And then over time, as you know, I got better at stuff. I actually uh, designed some stylized flames coming out of the top of it, and that was still is technically Proton Charging's uh, logo. Uh, and at one point. Um, let's see here. The I think there's technically been two runs. Um, uh, yeah, there was uh, early on. I believe it was Ghostbusters Hawaii was one of the first teams. Like they did their um, the flower lay um, patch of theirs, like the yeah. logo. They were one of the earlier teams to to modify the logo. And they were playing around with it. I don't know how they had access to it. It's possible that somebody on the team did, but they uh, they offered to make me some, and they did. Uh, and they were kind of smaller ones, but they were great. I, I still have one on a hat here somewhere. Uh, and then I believe I had some more made up. Uh, again, was kind of small. I don't know why I made them so small, but this time I made them uh, proper four inch across uh, shoulder patches. So. Ooh. That's I will I love it. see. Um, I'm not a big patch trader. I guess maybe I'll use some for that, but I know there are a lot of patch collectors out there, and True. I was told by several people that I should. So uh, I'm taking a shot. Nice. I, yeah. well, I should we do a, a cross rip patch? I don't. Is there? Do people want patches for the cross rip? Because we're <laughs> we're in this we're in this merchandise mode. Where you and I uh, again, not to spoil a surprise, but we're working on a, a fun T-shirt. Right. Um, that will be coming soon to a uh, online store near you. Do you uh, know I finally got a CrossRip uh, T-shirt? I finally got around and ordered one, and oh, I've been wearing really? it. Yeah, I've been meaning to get one forever, and I just for some reason the, never... the Dapper Dan, uh... the Dapper Dan one. Nice. I think it was probably because when that got ma- that art got made and you put the shirt together, I was it was last year, right? Like early it's, last, yeah, like it's over a year. year. Yeah. And I was, I was, I was, you know, traveling. There was family travel, uh, and then work and all that. I just never found a window where <laughs> I was always thinking, "Oh, I'll get it," and I'm like, oh, I'll take three weeks to get here." And where am I? Oh, shoot, no, maybe I won't. You know, just. And then finally, a, co- a few weeks back, I said to myself, uh, "I'm going to get me a shirt." And then uh, uh. basically, it and uh, my yes have some shirt that they sent me. I don't know. Five years ago, <laughs> it's been it's been held. He, a couple times, Craig was like, Craig was like, "Did you get one yet?" And I was like, "No." He's like, "Oh, what happened to it?" I was like, "Canadian Customs, dude. What do you want me to say?" Like, yeah. they, they are so weird. I order stuff like from Amazon. It shows up in three days. Uh, not Amazon.ca. I mean, occasionally I have to go to Amazon.com and buy stuff. It shows up in no time. Other times they'll hold on to it for reasons that cannot be fathomed. Uh, and it did. It took it took weeks and weeks and possibly couple of months for that damn shirt to arrive but, i mean uh, i i sent you something that still hasn't arrived and that was like two years ago so that's that's sitting so on some customs officer's go. desk <laughs> it's but, uh, uh yeah. well, what, well what can you do? i will have to talk about that offline i didn't know that this it shows how much attention i'm paying to our our orders uh, uh 
I, I, I feel bad that I didn't know that you ordered one, but uh, we'll talk about that. Why do you feel bad? I, got you I wanted the shirt. I'm wearing it. Bradley. Well, uh, hey, uh, you you listeners out there, if you wanted uh, any merch, if you did want patches or, or certain T-shirts, uh, let us let us know because we want to make sure that we're producing you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Do you to, know what we June. might be good for? We might be better suited for uh, a, la- a lapel pin. Ooh. We'd have to partner. Sure. We'd have to find a, like a proton pins or somebody like that to do. Because I, I, if I wanted to do, if we wanted to do a pin, I want to do it the right way. I want to yeah. make like a really nice one that's. You know, not like me stamping the button machine, uh, you know. <laughs> it's got to be something cool. Yeah, and glow in the dark. I don't know why, it just has to be glow in the it's dark. It's got to glow in the dark, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll reach out to our friends at uh, Proton Pins. Uh, check out Proton Pins. They're just knocking it out of the park, as always. But uh, right. maybe they can do something for us. But um, all right, well, uh, look look for the Proton Charging patch uh, available maybe near you. Hey, if the Ghostbusters Alaska are listening, I still want one of your patches, man. <laughs> like, I'm not a big patch collector either, but you have hands there down some, one of my favorite patches. There are some great patches out there. Uh, mine are supposed to be showing up late April. So I guess if you're not on the Facebook patch and pin group, get there because i think a that's if you're a collector of patches that's the place to watch for patches and pins and b that's probably where i'll end up yeah. dealing with all of mine i can't get them get them out to the masses but yeah uh, um well excellent well uh, <coughs> thanks for joining us uh, everybody here on this here cross rip podcast hope you enjoyed our half hour conversation about princess di and charles's uh <laughs> children back in 1984 their bedrooms <laughs> going ons <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, uh, Chris, without spoiling another surprise, we've got a really fun episode planned for next Monday. So please, please, please make sure that you tune in for that one because I'm I'm quite excited about that particular I episode. Don't beg them. No, I'm not don't begging. Beg them. Do what you want. We don't uh, need you. Uh, please come hey, back next week. Please buy come back next week. Please yes. come back next week and buy our stuff. And but buy, we don't need you. And buy stuff. The servers servers are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but until next week, everybody, we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. Anything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Next week, though, Careless Pets. We're so